The Productive Woman, Episode 400. Hello and welcome to this episode of The Productive Woman. My name is Laura McClellan and this is a podcast about productivity for busy women. My goal is to help you find the tools and encouragement you need to manage your time, life, stress, and stuff so you can accomplish the things you care about most and make a life that matters. Well, thank you for joining me. This week, we're going to talk about another perspective on living a meaningfully productive life. You'll find links and additional information in the show notes for this episode at theproductivewoman.com slash 400. I honestly can't believe I'm even saying that number. It's really hard for me to fathom that I have reached episode 400 of this podcast. That means 400 times I've sat down to plan, to outline, to record and publish my thoughts about productivity and a meaningful life, or talked with other women who've shared their experiences and insights with us. I have to confess that when I went into my closet on July 1, 2014, to record that first introductory episode, I truly could not have imagined that I would still be doing this 400 times later. The truth is that although I talk about the importance of planning and living intentionally, and I do believe that's true, I didn't have a plan for this podcast's future when I launched it nearly eight years ago. I just wanted to do something to, to, to create a community, to uh, put some thoughts out into the world and maybe help a few people along the way. I could not have imagined what it would become. Similarly, I haven't always had a long-term plan for my life. In fact, I've never had a long-term plan for my life. If I have a plan at all, it's really always just been this, do the next thing, whatever the next thing is. My husband and I have talked about this, about our life together. If you've listened for a while, you probably know we've been married since we were 18 years old and you know, we we're in our sixties now, early sixties this year. And, um, you know, we didn't ever have a, a big life plan. We simply lived life together and, and when opportunities presented themselves, we would do whatever the next thing was. And it's, it's worked out all right. Uh, it's hard for me though, because I like to plan. I like certainty and I like knowing what to expect, but as hard as I've tried, I have not been able to live my life that way. In the short term, sure, I can plan a to-do list or a day or a weekend or a week. I can even set goals for a year or, or longer term. But long term, I cannot live my life with a, to a plan. I haven't been able to. I wish I could. I feel the same way about writing fiction. You know, I've mentioned in the past, one of my dreams is to write a novel, and I actually have finally finished one, but it took me years to even get started because I wanted to have it all planned out and know, you know, what every chapter was going to be about. And I simply never could get there until I finally just said, I'm going to do it. Here's the idea. I know what the opening scene is. I know what how I want it to end. I'm going to start at the beginning and just write one word at a time till I get to that end that I'm trying to get to. Uh, 
that is not the way I want to write books. And it's not the way I really, you know, in my head want to live life. But that's the way it has worked out for me. Maybe I lack the imagination it takes to envision the possibilities. Or maybe I lack the discipline to stick with a plan that I've developed. But the truth is, I have lived my life as I, you know, live, write stories and do lots of other things by just doing whatever is the next right thing. Well, this concept of do the next thing or do the next right thing, it works for a life. You can make a life that way. It also works on a very practical level when, for instance, you have too many things to do and not enough time to get them done and you're overwhelmed and don't know where to start. You can't do it all, but you can do the next thing. That's how you get started. That's how you accomplish things is simply do the next thing and then the next thing and then the next thing. Uh, that advice, that concept works when a crisis has thrown your life and your heart into disarray and you don't know, you know which way is up. You get out of that by doing whatever the next thing is do the next thing. And for those of us who value certainty and predictability, who want to have a plan and, and know what that plan is and work the plan, um, it can be a really hard approach to accept, um, to simply do the next thing. I, as I was thinking about this uh, over the last week or so, you know, thinking about what am I going to talk about for episode 400? To me, maybe it's just because it's, you know, a big even number, but it's a big number. And a lot of podcasts never make it to episode 400. And I wanted it to be meaningful. You know, I wanted to have a great plan for it. And it took me a long time to to be able to sit down and, and, uh, outline the episode or think about what do I want to say? But the concept that just kept coming to me was this idea of do the next thing. Uh, as I said, because that's kind of the way we've lived our life. And so once I had decided I wanted to, uh, to think about that and maybe talk about it a little bit and how it has worked for me and how it can work in general, I did a little research. I simply went into Google and Google do the next thing and came up with a lot of interesting things, including a post on a, a blog called The Marginalian or Marginalian, uh, written by Maria Popova. And I subscribe to her, I call it a newsletter. It's really a weekly digest of things that she has written uh, that she'll email out. I highly recommend it. I'll put a link in the show notes to it because she writes some really interesting and thoughtful posts. And I came across this post um, that she had written on Carl Jung and on how to live and the origin of do the next right thing or the origin. And here's part of what she said that kind of resonated with me as I was thinking about this topic. She says, in recent seasons of being, I've had occasion to reflect on the utterly improbable trajectory of my life, plotted not by planning, but by living. And I, that first sentence of her post made me nod my head and said, that's exactly how I feel. The life I live now 
the trajectory of my life from when I was a kid to today is, as she puts it, utterly improbable. I could not have imagined the trajectory my life would take. And uh, also, as she said, her life is plotted not by planning, but by living. That's exactly how I feel. And then she goes on to say uh, what, what, what had been in my heart as I was thinking about these things. She says, we long to be given the next step and the route to the horizon allaying our anxiety with the illusion of a destination somewhere beyond the vista of our present life. We want to know where we're going. We want to know, uh, you know, what the route is that we're going to take. And then she says this, the hardest reality to bear is that death is the only horizon with numberless ways to get there. None replicable, all uncertain in their route or route, all only certain to arrive. This is why, she says, there are infinitely many kinds of beautiful lives. And this is why each and every one of them, even the most seemingly actualized, trembles with a staggering degree of doubt and confusion. Uncertainty is the price of beauty, and integrity the only compass for the territory of uncertainty that constitutes the landmass of any given life. I just love the way she says that. Uh, again, I am one who who values certainty, who longs to know what to expect and to be able to prepare for it. But she says, uh, I want to say this again, read this again, because I just think it's so beautiful. Uncertainty is the price of beauty and integrity the only compass for the territory of uncertainty that constitutes the landmass of any given life. All we can do is live with integrity, be uh, integrated within ourselves. She goes on to say, and so the best we can do is walk step by next intuitively right step until one day, pausing to catch our breath, we turn around and gasp at at a path. If we have been lucky enough, if we have been willing enough to face the uncertainty, it is our own singular path, unplotted by our anxious younger selves, untrodden by anyone else. I love that. I love the way she says that. And that that so resonates with my experience of life as I, you know, at a milestone like a 400th episode or a birthday or something, as I pause to look back on my life, I, I gasp. I, it's just unthinkable. It was unimaginable to my, as she puts it, anxious younger self that the path I would take would lead me to where I am today. I also ran across, if you have children, you've probably seen the Frozen movies a few times. And uh, I ran across the lyrics from one of the songs in the, the second Frozen movie. And they it's very relevant to this concept. And in this song, uh, the character is singing these words. I've seen dark before, but not like this. This is cold. This is empty. This is numb. The life I knew is over. The lights are out. Hello, darkness. I'm ready to succumb. We've all been in places like that, right? We've all been in uh, dark places in our life where things have fallen apart, where it seems like there's no way out of it. 
and she goes on later in the song to sing, a tiny voice whispers in my mind, you are lost, hope is gone, but you must go on and do the next right thing. And uh, later on in the song, she says, sings that again, just do the next right thing, take a step, step again. It is all that I can do, the next right thing. I won't look too far ahead. It's too much for me to take. But break it down to this next breath, this next step, this next choice is one that I can make. So I'll walk through this night, stumbling blindly toward the light, and do the next right thing. And with it done, what comes then? When it's clear that everything will never be the same again, then I'll make the choice to hear that voice and do the next right thing. And, you know, again, this is so, you know, it's a poetic and musical way of saying this same concept. When we're in the midst of a crisis, when our world is kind of falling apart, when we don't know what what's going to come, what comes next, all we can do in that moment is just do the next thing, the next right thing, whatever that might be. Michael Slowinski, who's the developer of the um, excellent task manager, Nosby, which uh, I've talked about in the past, and I think they've been a sponsor of the show a few years ago. He has this to say about that song. Uh, He says, Anna is right. Our duty to ourselves and our community is always to do the next right thing. If if nothing else, if we don't know what to do, we can always just, just do the next thing. In that post that I mentioned before from the Marginalian, Maria Popova says, the concept of do the next right thing originated in a letter Swiss psychiatrist Carl Jung wrote to an anonymous correspondent. And, and this was clear back in December of 1933. A woman had written to him asking for some guidance from him on basically how to live. And here's part of what he wrote back to her. And I think this speaks, this certainly speaks to me. Um, and I, I, maybe it will give you some, some comfort as well. He says, Your questions are unanswerable because you want to know how one ought to live. One lives as one can. There is no single definite way for the individual which is prescribed for him or would be the proper one. But if you want to go your individual way, it is the way you make for yourself, which is never prescribed, which you do not know in advance, and which simply comes into being of itself when you put one foot in front of the other. If you always do the next thing that needs to be done, you will go most safely and sure-footedly along the path prescribed by your unconscious." then it is naturally no help at all to speculate about how you ought to live. And then you know, too, that you cannot know it, but quietly do the next and most necessary thing. So long as you think you don't yet know what this is, you still have too much money to spend in useless speculation. But if you do with conviction the next and most necessary thing, you are always doing something meaningful and intended by fate. And I thought that was so good that when you, uh, you know, we, we spend, some of us spend a lot of time 
sort of thinking about how we ought to live, what we ought to do. And his advice, I think, is good advice. Simply do the next thing that needs to be done. And when you always do that, with you, if you, as he says, if you do with conviction the next and most necessary thing, you are always doing something meaningful. And I agree with him. One thing I noted in his letter is uh, the idea that asking someone how we should live, how we should manage our life, might be the wrong question. We certainly can learn from others who have thought about these kinds of things. We can be inspired by others and the choices that they make or the teachings that they share. But in the end, each of us has to make her own way. Each of us has to determine for herself what we believe, what matters most to us, and then we have to carve out a path step-by-step based on what is the next right thing that effectuates those guiding principles, those values that are most important to us as an individual. Many years ago, Nietzsche wrote, no one can build you the bridge on which you and only you must cross the river of life. There may be countless trails and bridges and demigods who would gladly carry you across, but only at the price of pawning and foregoing yourself. There is one path in the world that none can walk but you. Where does it lead? He says, don't ask, walk. And I love that, walk, just one step at a time. There's a Chinese proverb that I've thought about, and I'm sure you've heard, that says the journey of a thousand miles starts or begins with a single step. And you can get anywhere you want to go one small step at a time, whether we're talking about a project or or an actual trip or a life. You can get wherever you want to go by taking one small step at a time, doing the next thing, whatever that is. Uh, I read a blog post uh, about, uh, written by author and speaker Jennifer Dukes Lee. She was talking about a kind of impulsive decision she had made to run a half marathon. And uh, not long after she committed herself to do it, she was questioning her, her sanity and agreeing to do that. And she said something in the post that I thought that, that really spoke to me. She says, how do you chase after the impossible dream? you take the single first step. That's how. It's the starting that's always the hardest, but you've just got to take the step or you stop. You've got to move forward or you flounder on dead center. And if you don't keep doing the next thing, you won't give wings to your dreams. All the planning in the world won't overcome that truth of what she just said. Planning is important. I, you know, I talk about planning on this show and I like to plan. Thinking ahead on the things we want to do is valuable to, to prepare ourselves. But if we never take the step, if we never do the next thing, we're never going to accomplish any of the things that matter to us. So plan, sure, but also take the next step. Don't wait till you have a perfect plan before you begin. Get started and then take the next step and the next step and the next step. Because if you don't keep doing the next thing, as Jennifer Dukes Lee writes in her post, you won't give wings to your dreams. 
The other thing that I think about that is so encouraging to me is knowing that this concept of doing the next thing or the next right thing can help us when we've messed up, when we've done something wrong. I truly believe no matter how far you've gone in the wrong direction, you can still turn it around simply by choosing to change direction and taking one step at a time in the direction you actually want to go. In that Marginalian post, Popova quotes another letter that Jung wrote uh, to a man a couple of months after the one that I uh, read from before. And in that letter, he said a couple of things, but the thing that really spoke to me was he, he was talking about, you know, when you've mismanaged your life, when you've done things wrong, because the guy wrote to him and said, I've totally wasted my life. What can I do about it now? And Jung said this, nobody can set right a mismanaged life with a few words, but there is no pit you cannot climb out of provided you make the right effort at the right place. And I just love that. As someone who has made many, many mistakes in her life, I find that so comforting, so reassuring. And I believe it's true. Wherever you are in life, whatever mistakes you've made, whatever wrong direction you've gone, as he says, there is no pit you cannot climb out of provided you make the right effort at the right place. And in my mind, the right place is wherever you are right now. You can stop going the direction you're going and turn around and head the direction you want to go and just take one step. Writer and missionary Elizabeth Elliot has said uh, this about this very concept. She says, do the next thing. I don't know any simpler formula for peace, for relief from stress and anxiety than that very practical, very down-to-earth word of wisdom. Do the next thing. That has gotten me through more agonies than anything else I could recommend. And I agree with her. When we are struggling whether it's just to, to get through a day because we're overwhelmed by the amount of work that needs to be done, or we're struggling with a crisis that has completely upended our life, or we're struggling with a, a mistake we've made that seems unfixable. Whatever it is, if we do the next thing, whatever the next thing is, and and without spending a ton of time thinking about what is the right next thing, let your conscience, let your guiding principles, your values, the things that you hold dear uh, in your heart, in your mind, let those guide you to choose whatever the next thing is. Take a step in the direction that you want to go and then just do the next thing and the next thing and the next thing after that. I truly think whether we're talking about a life or a day or a trip or a project, planning is good. Planning is valuable, especially when planning is done with an intention and a purpose, with awareness of what matters most to us as an individual. 
I'm not suggesting we shouldn't have a plan. I believe we should, you know, do the thought work about, all right, what matters to us? Who do I want to be in the world? And what difference do I want to make in my life and in the lives of the people around me? And plan accordingly. But I also believe we should hold our plans loosely because life happens, circumstances change. And even if we spend hours, days, or weeks planning, we can't always plan for every contingency. And sometimes we have to just do the next thing instead of trying, you know, with gritted teeth to keep making the plan work. And a pretty great life can result from just keeping our guiding principles and values in mind and just doing the next thing. So those are my thoughts on this. I intentionally wanted this to be kind of a, a shorter episode to, to share these things. I'd love to know what you think. What is a, a dream or goal or even a task that you have stalled on? And can you simply do the next thing? What would be the next thing you could do to start moving in the right direction, the direction that matters to you, the direction you want to go, not one prescribed by somebody else or designed by someone else, but the direction you want to go, can you identify a step that you could take to move you in that direction and start the momentum going? I'd love to hear what that is. You can share that in the comments section of the show notes for this episode at uh, theproductivewoman.com slash 400. Or you can post a comment or question on the Productive Woman Facebook page. I, I think if you're a member of the Productive Woman Community Facebook group, that would be a great place to share these and where we could maybe encourage each other or give each other ideas. If there's something you want to do and, and you like this idea of, okay, just do the next thing, but you're not sure what the next thing is, maybe someone in the community, you know, we can, we can help encourage each other and brainstorm ideas of what that next step might be. So you can do that by um, just going to the Productive Woman Community Facebook group and sharing it there. If you're not a member yet, but you're a woman who listens to this podcast, you are welcome and invited to join us there. Just look for it, you know, on Facebook, or there should be a link at the bottom of the show notes for this episode where you can go and ask to be admitted to the group. So this is a, a kind of a private Facebook group it can be found by other people, but only the, the women who are in the group can actually see who's in the group and who, and see what's being posted. So uh, I want it to be a community where we can support and encourage each other. And so please, if you want to join, do answer the questions there. And if you're, um, if your Facebook profile that you're joining through is private, so it doesn't show any, uh, you know, anything about you, send me a message separately and let me know, Hey, I've asked to join the group, but you can't really see who I am from my Facebook post, but it's, I'm, I really am a woman who listens to the podcast and I want to be part of it. And, and I'm sorry for the hoops to, to have to go through there. But unfortunately, as you probably know, there are a lot of people who come onto Facebook just to sort of stir up things or, uh, you know, they call them trolls, I guess. And I'm, I'm very protective of the community because I want you to feel safe 
to be there and safe to express your thoughts and to encourage each other. So just, you know, like I said, if if you have a private Facebook uh, profile so that it doesn't show who, a photo of who you are or any information about you, shoot me an email and let me know you'd like to join the group and, and I'd be happy to welcome you in there. Uh, as always, if you'd prefer to share your thoughts with me privately, you can do that by emailing me at feedback at theproductivewoman.com and I would love to hear from you. I think that's it for this episode of The Productive Woman. I, again, I'm back to, I cannot believe we've made it to episode 400. Whether you're new here or you have been with me nearly from the beginning, I'm very grateful for you. I am uh, thrilled and grateful and amazed to be a part of a community that has grown up around this podcast and the things we talk about here. And uh, thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your emails, for your contributions to the discussions on the Facebook group and elsewhere. It's been an amazing journey. And, you know, as I'm thinking about where we go from here, I'd love to say I have a, a detailed plan for the next however many episodes, but I don't. I I keep trying to come up with one and where I land is I'm just going to do the next thing. I'll do the next episode and the episode after that. If you have thoughts about what I ought to be talking about or what you wish I would be talking about, um, I'd love to hear that from you as well. So um, thank you for being part of this community. Thanks for spending this time with me today. I am grateful for you. I look forward to talking with you again very soon. So until next time, remember... Extend grace to each other and to yourself and go make your life matter.